0: are yes and amen hallelujah hallelujah oh that was so powerful his favor his favor is our delight as long as there is breath in our lungs he is forever and ever God he is forever and ever power he is forever and ever comfort he is forever and ever mercy he is forever and ever grace he is forever and ever love hallelujah Praise God. Praise God. Just one more time. Lift up your hands and just worship. A good God, a kind God. Yes, taste and see. Taste and know. Taste and experience that the Lord, he is good oh you're good you're wonderful you're mighty you're so kind father we thank you and magnify you holy spirit oh you are the treasure and the stem of my existence it is in you that i live and i move and i have my being it is in you that i can delight and have hope it is in you that i walk by faith and not by sight it is in you that i have everything that i need father and we thank you and we magnify you you are great greater than anything that we could imagine oh father we thank you we magnify you we exalt you you are epic you are magnanimous you are huge you are wonderful father hallelujah hallelujah glory to God. Hug your neighbor next to you. Tell him it's good to see you. Take your seats and turn with me to Romans chapter 8. That was good. Be ready. If you're staying over from the first service, you have a benefit. But if you are here for the first time, just know I minister something different, First Service, and this simply is the continuation of what I've ministered already, so I do encourage you to go on SoundCloud, download First Service's message when it is uploaded into the system so that you can get, a, get the fullness of this message, and I know it will bless you immensely. Welcome to all of you that are viewing us by way of SoundCloud, uh, I mean, that viewing us by way of social media, Periscope, Facebook Live, what have you. And for those that are listening later on in SoundCloud, hey, we love you and thank you for listening. Romans chapter 8. We were talking about the seven indispensable relationships that you cannot live without. We already talked about the first six, and I told you last week that we were going to spend an exhaust some time talking about the most significant relationship that we could possibly have on this earth. He is the most neglected overlooked, underrecognized, and under-acknowledged friend that we could possibly have, yet we cannot live this life on the earth successfully without him. And that is the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the true BFF. He is the true ride or die. He is the true trooper. He is the true friend. I'll read it to you. Just so you can have some reference, but 1 John chapter 14, verse 17 from the message edition, it says, If you love me, show it by, your, by doing what I told you to do. I'll talk to the Father, and he'll provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the, whole, this is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him doesn't know what to look for, but you, you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. John 14, a little further down, verses 25 and 26 in the message says, I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. Yes, he will remind you of all the things I've told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. (laughs) <laughs> so, Jesus in the book of John makes it known that he is our friend. Amen? Now, the message calls him friend. King James calls him comforter. Earlier, we talked about in Romans chapter 8, which is the basis for this scripture. We, we have this friend, but why? Why did Jesus spend his last 40 days, and we're in the season now, some people call it Lent, but we're in the season where we honor and recognize the last 40 days of Jesus' ministry. And during the last 40 days, he deemed it very important that he tells us all about the Holy Spirit. And he says in message, this is my parting gift to you. In other words, this is something I'm leaving with you. He's significant. He's important. He is me in my replacement. Romans chapter 8, when we ask the question, why? Why did Jesus come? Because if it was all about our redemption and getting us back to the place where we can come before the Father, hey, he did that on the, on the cross. He did that when he defeated hell and sin and death in the grave, right? But he wanted more. His love is forever. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit autos itself, but that's the Greek word autos, which is a generic pronoun. It could be him, her, it. So it's supposed to say, it should say, but the spirit himself, because he is a person, Maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, and that and he that searcheth the hearts, knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. First service, I talked about that word infirmities. That's what you want them to go back and listen to. Understand and know that we are filled with infirmities. That word infirmities is a Greek word, athenios. The Greek word athenios basically means weaknesses, sick. We're sick. And talked about the five ailments that Jesus commonly healed during his ministry here on the earth. Now, I'm not going to go too far into that because we're going to now concentrate on he does what? He helpeth. He helpeth. We know what he helps, but now how does he help? What is he doing? Now, Ah. Uh, that word helpeth. It is the Greek word, ooh, it's a long one, it's long. I had it earlier when I was in my prayer time because, you know, it was full of anointing in there. It's even greater out here, and I guess I'm just so saturated and my tongue is getting twisted. anti labanomai. And that is a compound word. It's a mega compound word. And it's only twice in the scriptures. And this is that exhilarating, overextending, beyond the reach, beyond the call type of help. The other time that is used is when Martha was telling Jesus, hey, tell Mary to come and help me while I'm entertaining y'all. In other words, I want her to be everything that I need her to be in this moment. That's the only other time that this word is used in the entire Bible. So let's break this word down because it's going to be so significant of who he is and how he helpeth us. The English language can be very generic, but the Greek, oh, is the most detailed language in existence. The first part of this here word, sunanti labani, is the word sun, S U N, pronounced sun. And it's defined here as being the primary preposition denoting union, with, or together, but much closer. That is by association, companionship. You've been processed together. Resemblance, possession, instrumentally in addition to, besides, and with. In other words, the Holy Spirit, when he helps us, he comes alongside. He attaches himself to us closer than a Siamese twin, baby. He is at our side. He is right next to us. He is with us. He is in us. He is through us. He is upon us, and he is around us. But check this out. It says in companionship with. When you think of doing life with someone, you're not doing it for them, are you? You are working together. It's a partnership. And oftentimes, we want to pray that Holy Spirit, God, take this from me. Do this for me. Do this in me. No. Holy Spirit is there to work with you. He's not going to take sin from you. He's going to work with you to deliver you from sin. He's not going to take fear from you, but he's going to work with you so that you walk away from fear. So here, he's saying he when he helps, he's there to aid and assist with our cooperation. Okay? The next word is anti. Ante. A-N-T-E-E. Greek word. Y'all know what that means. What does that mean? Y'all looking at the definition? Oh, no, you're not looking at the definition. <laughs> Against. Instead of. Contrary to. Right? Not much has changed about Auntie. Wait a minute. So he's with me, but how is he against me? No. He's not against you. He's against two of the main predators that dwell within you. What are those two predators that constantly dwell within you? Y'all can talk to me like for real. I won't bite. (laughs) I heard someone say flesh, sin, Fear. fear, unbelief good answers, but the two enemies that's constantly working in you is ignorance and pride. He's constantly anti- Your ignorance about the will of God. He's anti about your fear. He's anti about all his promises. He's anti. He's fighting in you to fight off against anything that the enemy presents before you. He is anti fear. He is anti ignorance of God's will. He is anti sickness. He is anti failure. He is anti depression. He is anti anything that lines itself up with the enemy and against the will of God for your life. That's the part of anti that's against. But guess what? He's also the instead because anti also means instead of. So when you don't know to pray, he's going up to the father instead of you making what? Intercessions on your behalf. When you're confused, when you're Kekos, when you're Eremos, when you're mastigos that we talked about earlier, he's going up before the presence of God and saying, baby, da- daddy, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing right now, but you know that I know the inward parts of who they are, and they are kind. It is in them, your spirit, I'm alive in them. They are sensitive to what is right. They want to please you. They do love you for as much as they know how to love you. So, Father, grant them this. He's going before the Father instead of you. Anti. Labano. Lambano. That is a third part of this super compound word. The definition of labano is to take, to get hold of, to have offered to one, to seize or remove. It's a, a violent word, it's not that passive, you know, I just, I just, And she took hold of it. It's not that way. He seizes. He violently takes. He gets enraged, and he sort of just, just snatches. Summa, summa, anti-lambano. What does that lambano mean then? If it means to seize, to hold. Wait, hold up. He's with me to fight off anything that's against me, to go before the Lord for me. But what is he doing, seizing, taking? He His job is to line you up so even in your ignorance, even when you don't know, even when you don't recognize, he's seizing and taking the promises. He's seizing and taking your reward. He's seizing and taking the healing. He's seizing and taking the opportunity. He violently fights for you to walk in the fullness of what God has promised you when he was crucified on that cross, when he took those 39 lashes, when they nailed the nails in his hands and in his feet, when they crowned him with that crown of thorns. It was violent. But it was Jesus violently taking what was rightfully yours. And Holy Spirit came into earth so he could violently take through Jesus what is rightfully yours. So that's that word, helpeth. He comes alongside of you, mind you, with your cooperation. And he, he, he fights against anything that's against you, yet while still going before the Father instead of you, while he's seizing anything that he can for you. That's some help right there. Oh, it don't get no gooder than that. My, my husband's a great help to me. It don't get no gooder than that. Even he can't help me the way the Holy Spirit can help me. That's what his ministry is here on the earth. So, another reason why he needs his help, why we need his help. Now, mind you, Jesus said, I send you in the King James another comforter. So, Jesus instantly says, hey, I've been here as a comforter, right? Right? But then he says, I'm, he- I'm sending you another. That word another is so significant. It's so significant. There are two words in the Greek for another. One is heteros. Heteros means of the same likeness but different kind. So that's where we get the word heterosexual. We're both human beings, but we're two different kinds of human beings. One is male and one is female. But then there's this other Greek word that is used here, Allos, A-L-L-O-S. In this Greek word, allos here means another of the same kind, likeness and, and similar to, but it's just one more. So Jesus is saying, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, but he's just like me. He, don't, he might not look like me, but guess what? He talk like me. He sounds like me. He's going to say the same things I say. He's going to ask you to do the same things I'm going to do. He's going to perform and, and, and minister through you and to you and with you the same way I just did. So he's just like me. But guess what? I can't in my flesh be with you all the time. So I leave you this parting gift that's going to be with you and in you forever and ever. Yes. And so, in saying this, he lets us know, we talked about it in the first service, but we're going to go back and we're going to give a little briefing in the second service. He lets us know that Holy Spirit, the summa antilabani, lambano, lambano, he is in the earth to help you through your weaknesses, your spiritual sicknesses, so that he can line you up and keep you in the will of God before, and keep your name before his throne while violently enrage, and, 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 and enragingly taking what rightfully Jesus died for you to have. His number one mission on the earth is that you walk in the will of God. Now, this is how special you are, but not. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. How many of you are in Christ? If you were in the second service, don't you tell. How many of you want to be used mightily by God? Father, use me. Here I am, Lord. If no one will go, I'll go. If no one will do, I'll do. And we hit the snooze button when that 5 a.m. alarm clock hit. (laughs) I'm just teasing. How many of you want to walk in the fullness of God's perfect will for your life? Oh, yeah, you desire that. Because there's no safer place than the will of God. Amen. This is what you got to be to qualify. You ready for this? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 through 28. I'm going to read from the Amplified because the Amplified breaks it down so good. But we're going to talk a little bit more about it. In verse 27, no, for God selected, deliberately chose what in the world is foolish to put the wise to shame. And what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. And God also selected, deliberately chose what in the world is low born, insignificant, and branded and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing that he might dispose and bring to nothing the things that are. So in other words, Holy Spirit is saying in the letter of 1 Corinthians, penned by Paul, which by the way, he was writing it to the most corrupt, crazy, buckwild saints. He called them saints. They was just sleeping together on the front porch. They got caught in the lobby of the church sleeping together. And he called them Saints. He says, y'all are more carnal than half the non-believers I know. But he called them saints. And he said, this is what is required. This is what God, this is who God uses to make his glory known on the earth. Number one, he uses the foolish. You want to be used of God. You want to fulfill his purpose for you and the earth. He uses the foolish. That's the Greek word moros, M-R-R-O-S. And that's where we get the word moron. <laughs> it means dull, stupid, heedless, stubborn, absurd. Secret, in other words, the things that you want to keep secret about yourself because you know that was dumb. <laughs> he uses the foolish, the moron. In other words, if you real proud, real high and mighty on all your education, all your degrees, and all your awards, certifications, and recognitions, guess what? You bought disqualified. You could never be too smart. He says, I use the foolish things to confound and just put to shame the wise. Next one, he says, the weak. I use the weak. That weak word, weak there, is the same word that we talked about earlier, asthenios, the Greek word asthenios, which means the sick, the ill, the dysfunctional, the unhealthy. I use the weak to confound and confuse the strong. Then here's a good one. Here's a big one. I mean, this is a big one, especially in society today. I use the base. I use the base. I use the nobodies. The one without lineage. The one without legacy. Uh, the ones who don't know who daddy is. A genus. A against genes. I use the nobodies. The ones who don't have a Uh, 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 five generations of preachers in their family. I use the ones that they might be the only hope of life in that family. I use that one that didn't get addicted to drugs or alcohol to deliver the family. I use the base, the insignificant, the nobodies, the unpopulars, the rejects. To bring to naught those that think they're somebody. So, if you want to be used of God, you want to walk in the fullness of His purpose for your life, Father. You don't even don't know if demon possessed. <laughs> Use me, Lord. You better be willing to be foolish, be weak, and be real humble by being base. I was saying earlier. I knew God was dealing with me about going to ministry school, but I was real reluctant about saying that I had a call of my life. Because, you know, I didn't know nothing about call, call phone, call, and call, call what? And so I was, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't step foot in a church until I was an adult. In fact, church was almost a point of contention in my house. And so... I go to ministry school, not so much that I wanted to feel the, fulfill the call on my life, as much as I just loved God, and I wanted to get the accelerated version of knowing Him better. So I couldn't wait and just go to church and go to Sunday school class for seven years. I wanted to get as much as possible in as short a time as possible. So two years at Raymond was going to be like that inoculation, that that steroid to OK. And when I went to Raymond, I came, I graduated, and I was like, "Oh, I know something now. Use me, power." <laughs> I mean, I know some things. I understand the ecclesia, the purpose of the body, the gifts of the spirit. That spirit, spirit. Watching for a while, even learned how to do the dance. (laughs) And then I got into ministry, and I started serving, and I started experiencing some unusual situations, to say the least. And then I'm Going to hear these awesome preachers and teachers of of the Word of God, and they're not afraid to to lay hands and to prophesy, and they're not afraid to be wrong. And in fact, I saw one man of God, great, great, awesome evangelist. I mean. I, no disrespect to who he is, which is why I'm not going to say his name, but I saw him laying hands on somebody that was crippled, and, and they started walking, and, and, and I saw that their foot was just twisted up, and one foot was long, one leg was longer than the other, and, they, and I saw them walking naturally, and I was like, wow, but then at the under, other end was a woman that, was, that just didn't have a leg, and he didn't recognize that she didn't have a leg because she had a prosthetic on, and he telling her to walk, and got to grow out first, grow out first. But he wasn't afraid of being wrong. And so I was like, wow, that's awesome. That's great. But I felt intimidated. I don't spend. Because in my mind, they spend, they tie their day. So they spend at least three hours a day praying. They spend at least two hours a day studying. They live perfect lives. They're always obedient. They're always having inner conversations with the Holy Spirit. They are sensitive at all times. And they don't have fleshly moments. They don't have bad attitudes. They're always giving, and they're profoundly blessed and and wealthy, and all their needs are met. This is what I thought they were. So I instantly thought my insufficiencies, my weaknesses, my foolishness, and my nobodiness disqualified me. Talking about the Holy Spirit, our comforter, that helpeth our infirmities. And I realized, reading that passage, that God tends to use those that are foolish, those that are weak, and those that are base, nobodies. So I understood that it wasn't that my insufficiencies disqualified me. I realized that my insufficiencies actually qualified me. And this is why it qualifies me. Because Holy Spirit, when he's there to help you, guess what? He's there to bridge the gap of what your insufficiencies are. And if he's, the gap is longer, if the gap is longer, guess what? Your aim is that much more accurate if it's more about him and not about you. <clears throat> if you would, turn with me to First Corinthians chapter 2. <clears throat> And while you're turning there, just let me make this reference to you. You can always download the outline on the Uversion app if you have that. A lot of good information. You can fill in the outline with these notes. But in John chapter 14, verse 16, in John chapter 14, verse 26, in John chapter 15, verse 26, and in John chapter 16, verse 7, just in the book of John, but as well as in the other gospels, Jesus talks about and calls Holy Spirit comforter four times. And if you know the Bible, when Jesus repeats itself, when the Holy Spirit repeats itself through the words of the Bible, basically he's saying, pay attention. Pay attention. So when he calls the, 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 the Holy Spirit the comforter, there's something significant that we really need to pay attention to. And so in saying that, <clears throat> I had to look up the word comforter. Let's break it down. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. And this is what the word comforter means. It's two words, para, kletos. Para, kletos. Para is much like that first word we talked about soon, to be with. Now, soon means like very close, abide in. But para means to be with, alongside, to be acknowledged. He's with you all the time. But kletos means to call, to be invited to be appointed, to be divinely selected. So going back to what we were talking about in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, and now happening upon the book of John and his four mentionings of the Holy Spirit being the comforter, further. Now makes you, the Holy Spirit makes you want to further recognize that he is here because his number one assignment, his number one job in the earth is to walk with you, to get you to cooperate with him so that you can fulfill the fullness of God's will in the earth. He says, I want to be with Para and I want to Kletos. I want to align them to the call, to that divine invitation, to that appointment by God and to that, and by, and that special invitation by God that is on their lives. Because I believe that the greatest frustration with people that are born again is that they don't know the call of God and the will of God for their lives. They think it falls under, the t- under a job title and it so does not. It is not a job title. It is not a career. Check this. It's not even a major. So I don't think it's a coincidence nor a happenstance that also in Romans chapter 8, he talks about the motivational gifts. We're not going to get into that now, but it's something worthy for you to to, to pay attention to. So now in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to start at verse 9 through 13 in the Amplified Again, Holy Spirit's assignment in the earth. But on the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for those who love him and who hold him in affectionate service, reverence, promptly obeying him and greatly recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Verse 10, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through who? His spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels. And things hidden beyond man's scrutiny. For what person perceives, knows, or understands what passes through a man's thoughts except the man's own spirit within him? So, just so no one discerns, comes to know and comprehend the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor. And the blessings so freely and lavishly expo- dispo- bestowed upon us by God. And we are setting these truths forth in words. Here we go now. It's about to get a little deep, weird, unusual. In words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with what? A spiritual language to those who possess it by the Holy Spirit. So let me break this down even further. What he is saying here that no one, not even the most perfect of perfection man on earth, save Jesus, can know the perfect will of God in general, but the Holy Spirit. Then he gets a little bit further and he says, and better yet, no one can know the perfect will of God specific to an individual but by the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on to say, but God has his own assigned, selected package for each individual that can only be accessed by the power of the Holy Spirit and it's always there. It never went anywhere. He's not hiding it. But until you connect to the Holy Spirit, your eyes cannot be opened and your heart cannot receive What God has so lavishly bestowed upon his people. So, therefore, the Holy Spirit, he has that flashlight. Any of y'all been pulled over? I've been pulled over before. (laughs) And it's dark outside. And, and And the police officer, the trooper, he don't do the flashlight like this. He got that flashlight up here like this. So, it's right in line with his eyesight. And he's looking to make sure you ain't about to do something crazy. Holy Spirit has that flashlight right up here by the light of his word, and he's he's investigating. It says investigate. That means to probe, to dig, to find with the intention of discovery. He has that flashlight up here, and he's in your sinews of your heart. He's in the very deep issues of who you are. He's dealing with that pain. He's dealing with that rejection. He's dealing with that hurt. He's dealing with that pompous attitude. He's dealing with that I'm better than. He's dealing with that degenerated legacy. He's dealing with the history that's shameful. He He's dealing with your failures. He's dealing with that which you are ashamed of. He's dealing with those secret things inside of you. And it says no one could dig that deep but who? The Holy Spirit. Spirit. And as he makes it known to you, and as you line up with him, now he's saying he prompts you to be thankful. He prompts you to appreciate He prompts you through your humility to recognize, let me work on me. He prompts you to recognize, but yet, God, you still favor me. He prompts you to recognize your grace has still supplied for me. And in that attitude of thankfulness, now he's able to, your eyes are all of a sudden adjusting and you can see. I'll give you an example. <laughs> let's, I talked to my husband last night. I was like, I was looking for an example. I was like, oh, I want an example. I want a good one. And I was like, let me. And Holy Spirit just gave me one that you all could relate to. Now, you know, we just purchased 4331 Brownsville Road in Proud, Proud Springs, <laughs> Georgia. Now, let's back up. When we first got fired, and we started, you know, we started over at West End. We lived up in Ackworth. And I would have to make that weekly commute all the way down West End. I'd go down Thornton Road. I saw that building three and a half years ago. I saw it. And I said, oh, that's an interesting building. It's right there on the left-hand side on my commute. I said, that's an interesting building. And I just, you know, I was like, well, it's big. It's probably cost a lot of money. I don't know if we're quite there yet. So, and, and, and he doesn't remember, but I remember when the sign of the other tenant went up and it was called so, so-and-so church. And I was like, babe, I called him on that day. I was like, babe, they're putting a sign up and this, this building is about to be a church. It used to be a grocery store and they're, they're converting it into a church and it looks kind of nice. And, you know, he, he don't remember, but he was like, okay, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Three and a half years ago, I remember it distinctly. We're talking about Holy Spirit who will search, find. He violently rejects, but he also violently takes. Okay? Now, mind you, when the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, because the Greek word there for paraclete is to picture. And the picture is two beings inside of a cave. There's two beings inside of a cave. In other words, Holy Spirit falls in the cave, falls in the ditch with you, and he starts dealing with you about God's will for your life. And so in our situation, we're, we're in a temporary situation, but all along for the past three and a half years, we've been believing God for a building. I saw the building, but my eyes weren't open. I instantly thought it was too expensive. We weren't there yet. I instantly thought it was going to be too big. We didn't have that many people. I instantly thought it was without reach. I I had a hope because I called my husband and said, hey, there's another church. That was a hope. Like, another church is opening up there, surely. (laughs) But, you know, when your husband don't get excited with you, you're like, okay, next. (laughs) Just like West End. You've heard the testimony about West End. Not one building, not one situation that we found did we go and find it. We hired one we we work with she, we've known her almost half her, more than half her life we work with a great broker. Not only did we work with a great broker, her boss was involved. So it's her church home. He got a, a, a personal financial interest. They, we got two folks on the prowl. Not to mention y'all <laughs> blowing us up. Hit pictures, emails, texts, messages everywhere. Y'all were on the prowl too. But in both situations. Holy Spirit talking about him getting in the ditch with you and dealing with you where you are in your foolishness, in your baseness, and in your weakness. Holy Spirit who gets with you and he's fighting off anything against God's will, but he's also ravagely and violently taking God's will for your life. Another member of our church calls us and says, hey, this is what's going on with this situation. You might want to check it out. Same building. He gave us an address. I didn't think nothing of it. We decided to go drive by. I'm like, babe, this is the exact same building. I understand this, saints. When Holy Spirit is your Paraclete, when He's helping you, the promises of God, when He says they're yes and amen, they're there. There's stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks upon stacks. There are keys to unlock everything. There's favor. Oh, it is your delight. There's mercy that's new every morning. There's grace that's far beyond what you deserve. It's all there. It's a room for each and every one of you that's beyond the, sizes of the size of this auditorium that is full of God's gifts specifically for you. Barbara, he knows exactly what you need, where you're at. Pilar, he knows exactly what you need and where you're at. He knows it. But this is the this is, this is Holy Spirit. I left this up here. Some of y'all are like, what's that she got up there? His promises are yes and amen. Healing is there. Strength is there. Power is there. Favor is there. Now, you all see this, don't you? What is it? It's something up underneath a black cloth. What if I told you this is your promise? You see it, but you can't define it. But when you connect to the Holy Spirit and you partner, you cooperate with him, then he starts removing layers. It's something shiny and glittery. I like shiny and glittery. <laughs> shiny and glittery is pretty. It's attractive. It has my eye. That building had my eye three and a half years ago. It was shiny and it was glittery, but I thought it was behind my, beyond my reach. I wasn't sure about its content. So because I wasn't sure about the content, I left it alone. But Holy Spirit keeps dealing with you. He gets in the trench with you. He asks you to line up with his will. He says, I'm fighting off fear and doubt. I'm fighting off your insignificance. I'm fighting off what you don't think you can have. I'm fighting off what you don't think you deserve. Guess what? I'm fighting off that dream that you think is so beyond you. I'm fighting it off, but in the meantime, I'm giving you those small indications that I'm with you. Those small promises that says move forward. Those small situations, and he'll use the foolish things to confound your knowing. Somebody that we would not even, even in West End, somebody that you, ain't, you don't even know if he got a prayer life. Much less being up. He told us at 2 o'clock in the morning. The other individual that he just, just happened to have a conversation God tends to line things up so that it works right for you in proper timing. So then when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, in that unknown language, when you allow him to help you and go up instead of you to God the Father, he's making intercessions for you, and then you see that there's a cup of anointing that runneth over and now okay there's this empowerment now that says you know what let's get after that after a while you just get righteously indignant and you know what sickness does not belong in my body it's got to go cancer is not a part of my existence it's got to go I can't live in this place of allergies it's got to go I cannot function with fear and doubt and worry it's got to go and you start getting righteously indignant you like you know what I'm brushing the dust off of my shoulders devil you want some of this let's go Oh, you want to go shoulder to shoulder and toe to toe, let's go. I got more for you because I got my help, the Holy Spirit. And when my reach ain't far enough, Holy Spirit extends my arms. When my snap ain't fast enough, Holy Spirit swings the hip. So now the anointing, that cup that runneth over, you see it now. And you start getting indignant. You start getting mad. How did I miss that? When I, saw, when I found out what building that was, I'm like, you, what? What? And I found out what the other situation, what, what they had gotten it for and what they had did. I'm like, you mean to tell me we could have had this the past three and a half years? You tell, but Holy Spirit, he got in the trenches with us. He ministered right where we were and got us to a place that, okay, we can do this now truth is we didn't have all the money back then but (laughs) the situation they were in a sweet situation we could have still did the situation but God's like you know what Holy Spirit's like you know what that's all right you didn't get it but I'm gonna work with you and just so that you're sure that it's all about me and not you I'm gonna make it so that it's even sweeter when I bring it back around I'm gonna present the same gift to you but it's just gonna be sweeter And you're going to be ready to receive it. And then he says, okay. But then there's some more. Some more glow, glittery type of stuff. And I said, Holy Spirit is always concerned about what? Your ignorance and that pride. And then he starts unloading. This is my makeup bag, y'all. So (laughs) just remember. And then he takes out that mirror. And he tells you to look in it. He says, you see this weakness over here? Come on, let's work on it, baby. Sometimes bad situations aren't bad against you. Sometimes they're bad for you. The greatest way to learn patience is to be put in an impatient situation. Sometimes the best way to learn love is to deal with an unlovely person. And he takes that mirror and he says, okay, work on you. Because all this out here and how you're to it, It's just consequential of how you see you. So Holy Spirit says, I'm here to help you in your weaknesses, in your spiritual unhealthy conditions. And and where you can't make it, I'm there to extend the grace. Amen. Then I'm going to leave you with this. When he says the Holy Spirit he searcheth all things. In Mark chapter eight is where I am. Is that where I am? Yeah, that's where I am. And he no, this, in Mark chapter, um, Romans chapter eight, as well as um, First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter two, and he's talking about how the comfort of the Holy Spirit he searcheth. That word searcheth there is the word uranio, uranio. And it means to seek, to investigate, to come to know. And when you allow him to do that in you, when you acknowledge him as your partner in the earth, when you say, God, you are with me. You never left me, nor did you forsake me. He brings the solution right up to your face. Just like he did with Brownsville. When we got that call, went to that address, I'm like, whoa! I know that. That Uranus is the word that we use called Eureka. What does Eureka mean? It's that joyful, loud exclamation that's said when you discover the answer. And it's glorifying to him. So when you allow the Holy Spirit, your best friend forever, to get in the trench, in your lowest of lows, but you're humble enough to say, but I'm still stupid, foolish, Moranos. I'm still weak and infirm, weak. I am still base. I'm still a nobody in the sight of God. But yet, Jesus, you made me qualify by your blood. He brings you solutions. And when you make that joyful exclamation, whether it's Eureka or whether it's hallelujah, You can't do nothing but give God the glory. Amen. So, although we, you know, in this day and age where we get so caught up with the perfect image, know this, it's just that, an image. It's just a picture. It's just a figment of someone's imagination. God, while we're yet working on our weaknesses, We never get to a place of perfection because in that place of our weaknesses, Holy Spirit helps us in those weaknesses and lines us up with the will of God. So therefore, we get to walk in his goodness without ever having really to have deserved it. That's how special you are. That's how much he loves you. That he himself, even when you feel so alone, Left you a friend that will never leave you alone. But like I said, he's the most underrated and underacknowledged friend that we have in the earth. What do we choose above the help of the Holy Spirit? Do we choose that disability check instead of Holy Spirit when we're believing God for healing? Hmm? Do we? We believe God so for so many things and the answer is right there. The answer is right there. But what won't we let go of to have the answer? What other help have we and it's not really help? What other anti have we held on to? While he is warring to let you make you let it go. Amen. Music department, while you're coming in, what I want you to do is I want you to going to minister this song to you i want you to just receive and just close your eyes and just take inventory and not to be sad or just put to shame about your weaknesses but what i invite you to do is just to acknowledge and invite holy spirit to truly be your con- your conscious partner Decide, make a decision today. I remember when I made a decision. I'm long saved. I'm long filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm long speaking in tongues. But I realized that I did not live my life acknowledging that Holy Spirit. You're here with me all the time. And even though I didn't think I was qualified for ministry, I have seen where I had this mountain and this mountain was in front of me. And I'll start by praying and speaking to the mountain. You know, that's what Mark eleven twenty four 24, and 26 is telling you to speak to that mountain and be removed and it's still there. Okay, I know what I'll do. I'll rebuke the mountain. Remount i rebuke you and the mountain is still there. Okay, I know what I'll do. I'll bind it. Bind you, mountain. Get out of my way. It's still there. Then I'm loosing the mountain. I loose you, mountain. Get out the way. And it's still there. And now I'm making declarations. declaration. I declare and I decree in the name of Jesus. The mountain is then still there. Oh, and then this is when we get real religious. A seed will meet any need. And then I'm sowing to get rid of the mountain. And it's still there. And then I've exhausted every spiritual thing I know to do, except the one thing. And that was to say, Holy Spirit, help me. I need you. I've done all that I can do. Holy Spirit, I need your help. I don't know what to do. I am Keikos. I'm confused. I'm Aristos. I am comatose. I need you. I can't do this on my own. The vision is too big. The dream is too expansive. I don't know the right people. I don't even know if I'm saying the right scriptures. But Holy Spirit, he don't care about none of that. He'll meet you right where you are and say, baby, I'm here to help. Watch out for this. And even when you're thinking, you're doing the right thing. Because not everything is thus saith the Lord. I can't tell you that God told us to drive down there. God told us to call him. No. Even in your ignorance, he'll line people, circumstances, situations up and say, okay, bam, there you go. And before you know, and, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, Because you realize when you look back, after you've gotten it and you look back, like, wow. You, you, have you ever been there? Where you see God, you was right there all the time. God, that was you that did that right there. God, you spoke to that person. God, you lined that situation up. God, you took somebody's disobedience and you worked their disobedience to my advantage and made it. And, and because I was willing to be obedient, you made it my blessing. And it's when that we have that help because you don't know what you ought to pray. You don't know what you ought to do. But when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it says you're praying out mysteries. All you do is you release him to say, okay, that's them speaking. They don't know how to pray, so I'm just interpreting, oh, God, this is what they need. And Then he intercedes. He enters into that trench with you, and he brings them. Whenever you want me, lift your hands, we see if he's here right.